This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Well, you might have seen an item a couple weeks ago that announced the death of former Dallas running back Don Perkins. And maybe some of you thought, who? That would be Don Perkins, one of the greatest running backs in Dallas history and someone, someone who should at least have had a look by the Pro Football Hall of Fame by now. Sadly, of course, he hasn't gotten one. He was never a Hall of Fame finalist, but he was a six-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, NFL Rookie of the Year, and someone who ranked fifth in career rushing yards when he retired prior to the 1969 season. And that's just the beginning. But for more, we've asked a good friend of ours, and that would be Hall of Famer Gil Brandt, who was there with the Cowboys when Don starred. We've asked him to join us, and he's here with us now. Gil, thanks so much for being here. You're on with Clark and Ira. It's a great pleasure to be on with both of you. Thanks, Gil. Well, most people don't know that Don was drafted by the Baltimore Colts in 1960, but of course he didn't play for them. In fact, he didn't play for anyone in 60. He was hurt, but he did play for the Dallas Cowboys in 61. Furthermore, they probably don't know how he was signed by the Dallas Cowboys. You want to fill us in? Yeah, sure. And let me tell you this. <clears throat> you know, we, the Dallas Cowboys, or whatever we called ourselves at that time, knew that we were going to get a franchise in the National Football League. But the draft that year took place in November. And so, at, you know, the Nick Petrosanis and all those guys were gone. They were drafted. So we, we were sitting there without without any hope we, uh, to, to get a, a, a running back. Now, first of all, New Mexico was not the sweet spot of America. Marv Levy came in there and did a great job. They uh, they ended up in in, uh, in 1959, they ended up with a 6-4 and record, which to them is like winning a Super Bowl. But one of the things that we noticed about Johnny Perkins was his great ability, escape ability, uh, that uh, led him to, 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 to do so well for this team. Uh, he, he led the nation in kickoff returns with almost 60, almost 36 yards for kickoff return, and and he had a lot to return. But uh, he was a guy that it's some of his backs that come out today that are at a smaller college, and you wonder if they can do it when they get into the big NFL the way it is now, and that's what everybody wondered. And so consequently, he wasn't picked until the eighth round. We we talked to uh, Senator Clinton Anderson, who was the senator from New Mexico for almost 50 years, well thought of. And he was on the Cowboys Board of Directors, whatever that meant. And we, 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 we had Senator Anderson sign him to a personal services contract, and he got $10,000 for signing that personal services contract, which in those days, as you know, was a lot of money because nobody was giving bonus money. Oh, sure. 
We then wow. we did $10,000. That, that's, that's just to sign the personal services contract. Now, what happened is we got, and, and, and we got with Senator Anderson and made a deal that we would have given an additional $1,500 signing bonus from the Dallas Cowboys because we were going to sign him on a personal services contract, which we did. So he's probably the only player that I know of that was represented by an active member of the Senate, the United States Senate, and, and signed a player that led us to the NFL. I'd heard that story, and I think it's a great story, and I really wanted you to tell it, Gil. And I, I've never heard of that happening before, and I know that it was the best $1,500 and $10,000 that was ever spent, I think, by the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I looked at Don, and I remember playing. I, I thought he was a top flight back. I think he was a fullback at that time. But he finished in the top 10 of the NFL in all eight of his pro seasons. But, you know, I don't remember as being particularly fast. I remember him being particularly elusive. What made Don Perkins so special? Well, he wasn't really particularly elusive either. He was more quickness than anything else. And and so he was really a, a, a running back as we know him today, a halfback. But but he wouldn't he really wasn't a better a halfback today because he didn't have that elusiveness. So Coach Landry noticed the, the quickness. And he moved him to fullback. And Don didn't play that first year in 1960 uh, because he had a foot problem. And then he played in 61 and went to seven or six consecutive Pro Bowls from 61 on. It's, it's what he did. It was, which is, I don't know if anybody has ever been to, a running back has ever been to six consecutive Pro Bowls to start his career. Gil, um, everybody looks at the Cowboys. You know, uh, they've always been successful. They're uh, America's team, glamorous. But Gil Brandt was there at the beginning. And, Gil, you'll admit, the Cowboys were not very good at the beginning. And offensively, Bob Hayes didn't come along till 65. So, Gil, uh, you had Frank Clark. But basically, Gil, Don Perkins was the offense for about three or four years? Well, we were 0-11-1 the first year. And, and uh, as I said, we, we weren't very good. Coach Landry did a great job of coaching the team and, and won some games we shouldn't have won. We also set a record that nobody knew about is that we beat Pittsburgh, or we thought we beat Pittsburgh, we threw a 99-yard touchdown pass that would have beat him 30 to 28, I think it was, or 28 to 30, something like that. But anyway, what happened? We were called, Andy Sverkel was called for holding in the end zone. And instead of having a two-point, instead of having a seven-point touchdown play, we had two points put on the board against us, and that led to the 30 to 28 that kept us from winning our first game. And that was against Pittsburgh. But it was a rule everybody, and, and, and we had a college referee at the time. So we thought for sure he didn't know the rule, but he did. You know, Gil, in 1968, the Cowboys had a great team, 
Number one offense in the league, Gil, 1968. And Don Perkins is still very productive, Gil, and he's 30 years old. And he retires, I think, on the first day of training camp in 69. He announces his retirement. Gil, did you see it coming? I know you drafted Calvin Hill in 69, but did were you surprised by Perkins' retirement? Don Perkins never surprised me with whatever he did. I never thought he'd be as good a player as he was. He was a heck of a football player, a heck of a fullback. You know, in those days, we'd had two backs. One back was a tailback, as they called him. One was a fullback. And... You know, he, he finally gained, he, I think he's the first Cowboy to gain a 1,000 yards. And, and as you said, our teams weren't very good in those days. Uh, we didn't have any 14-2 records or play 14 or play 16 games. But you, you could not find a finer individual than Don Perkins. Everybody remember him wherever he went. He was smallish. Explosive had great explosion when he ran, and and uh, was highly held in the community, and still is to this day in in, in Phoenix, Arizona, in, in uh, Arizona, or no, excuse me, in New Mexico. We're speaking with the Hall of Famer Gil Brandt on the eye test for two, and we're speaking about Don Perkins, who passed away recently. And and Gil, I'm just wondering, do you have a favorite Don Perkins memory? a game, a practice, uh, a year, a, a favorite memory of Don Perkins that comes to mind when you think of him? Okay. Well, my favorite Perkins story is that we used to have what they call the Landry Mile. And if you didn't run the mile as a running back in six and a half minutes, you got penalized for three extra days of workout after practice or whatever. And Don, Don was in great shape, but he could never run the mile. He wasn't a miler. And uh, and so uh, he would always come to me before we ran. And he said, "No, tell him I ran. You know, in six minutes and thirty seconds, I ran five and three quarter miles. Cheat a little bit for me." <laughs> and I did. And Coach Landry never knew about it. If he did, he inspired me right then and there. But he he was a guy that always was in supreme shape. He was friends with everybody. It didn't make any difference if you were an Afro-American or a Caucasian. He was friends with everybody. And he was a great player as far as, as, far as the team, helping the team. You know, our team, we thought we won the world championship when we were 5'11", 5'8", I guess it was. And Perkins, there'll never be another Don Perkins from the size, from the size standpoint and the standpoint of being a fullback. Gil, I mentioned he's never been a Hall of Fame finalist, which he hasn't. What are voters missing about Don Perkins? Well, all they have to do is put one tape on, or film on it those days. And they, all they have to do is look at this uh, Green Bay game that we played him in about 1970. And we lost, uh, we lost 13 to 10, I think. 13 to 3. And, and uh, we, uh, Perkins, gained more ground than the two running backs for Green Bay combined. Game. And uh, yet, uh, Green Bay won the game. So it's hard to get recognition. And, and 
died the other day had no idea who Perkins was. Had absolutely yeah, no idea. Even, even our own people. I mean, our own people thought, it, when they said who was the first cowboy to play in the Pro Bowl, it was Perkins. But they thought it all thought it was Bob Lilly. So it's hard to get somebody there that should be there, but yet didn't, uh, didn't, didn't play on a winning team. Gil, last, last question. Yeah, he did play in in, in our in our our ice bowl game, and, and he yeah, played in it two years prior to that. Um, last question for me, Gil. Thanks for your time, Gil. Um, Gil, one aspect of Don Perkins that uh, I've been reading about a little bit. Um, he was a very proud black man. Uh, Gil at that time and I guess the Cowboys um, were segregated in terms of hotels maybe on the road and Perkins bristled at that um, and 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 got some changes done within the Cowboy organization um, talk about Perkins and uh, and his attitude towards uh, integration uh, Gil I don't think he knew what that word meant except that, uh, that he was friends with everybody. So I think whatever happened that year, if integration meant that people started sharing rooms together, teams could go to the same hotels and so forth. Uh, I don't know if Don ever thought anybody looked at it that way. And that's kind of unusual for a guy from Iowa uh, because it was not like you were getting somebody from a southern state. Joe Brandt. Thanks so much for the time. Great to hear from you, and thanks for the memories. Love talking about Don hey. Perkins. I know Ari remembers him, and so do I. Thanks for having me. And remember Senator, Senator who made it all possible, Senator Anderson, Clinton Anderson. We'll not forget him. With an assist from Gil Brandt. Gil, thanks so much. That was Thank Hall you. of Fame executive Gil Brandt. Now, Ira, I, that, I think that's a great story he had about the senator. And, and yet, you know, it's funny when it's sad when he said that people, you don't remember Don Perkins and some people within the Cowboys organization don't remember him. Yeah. I watched him play. You watched him play. Yeah. He was a terrific running back. And yet he would, did play fullback, but, but he was a terrific back. And he, to me, was the Cowboys. He really was the Cowboys. I mean, they had Don Meredith, Lance Allworth on the outside, you know, and they, they, had, they had numbers of guys, especially on defense, like Jethro Pugh and um, uh, Bob Lilly and, uh, but but Don Perkins was a force, a force. You know, great player, but great person. Clark, he he had over a hundred yards against Green Bay in that game in the Cotton Bowl, that shootout, thirty-four oh, yeah. twenty-seven. Yep. And then the Ice Bowl was the next year. Yeah, Clark. And you know, he had fifty-one yards, but he still led all ball carriers uh, in, in rushing in the Ice Bowl. Yeah, and Green Bay, of course, had that vaunted rushing attack. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Somebody somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clark, you're up, baby. Where, where, where are you? Well, that, you're right. I'm in the press box. I'm in the press box. We went back in the Wayback Machine to Denver. Denver, Colorado, December 11th, 2011. And I'll tell you why. It was a Chicago Bears versus Denver Broncos game. Both teams were 7-5. and five. And since we're talking about Don Perkins... I sort of thought it'd be easy to segue into another really good Dallas Cowboys running back who passed away this month. That would be Marion Barber. You guys certainly remember him. 
We lost Marion on June 1st at the age of 38. Um, and he was, as I said, a, a terrific and outstanding back for the Cowboys. But then he went on to play for Chicago, and he wasn't so outstanding on Sunday, December 11th, 2011. Because then, when he was playing for the Bears, he did the unthinkable. He led the Broncos, not the Bears, the Broncos to victory. <laughs> Chicago was up 10-7 late in the game. They're under two minutes left. It's second down. Broncos have no timeouts. And they need this game. So Chicago, no timeouts. Give the ball to Barber. He runs left. All he's got to do is get down. Clock's going to be killed. Broncos have no timeouts. He runs out of bounds. He runs out of bounds. And I remember going, what in God's, what, what has he done? Oh, my God. What he did was he gave the Broncos a chance. They got the ball back. Tim Tebow was the quarterback at that point. He wasn't a great passer, but he did know how to win games. And he got them in position where Matt Prater tried a 59-yard game-time field goal, and he hit it. He hit it. So they go into overtime, and they win 13-10 on another Prater field goal following a Marion Barber fumble. Oh, oh it, it was an awful day. And I remember talking to Lovey Smith, who was then the head coach, afterwards, and he says, I know we'd all like to have that one back. Well, guess what? They didn't. They wound up eight and eight and missed the playoffs. And the GM, who was Jerry Angelo, and the offense coordinator was Mike Martz. They got fired. And that was it. Clark, uh, Clark, your story begs one important question. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure Ian's thinking the same way. Are you ready, it? Clark? Yeah, I'm ready. Always ready. Why the heck were you at that game, Mr. Judge? Why? Because it was important for both sides. I mean, both teams were vying for the playoffs, and and Chicago was starting to circle the the the, the drain. And they had started seven and three, I think, and I think they lost five straight. But this was sort of a big deal for them. Could they stop the bleeding? And I thought might as well go to Denver to see not only the Bears but to see Tebow because I really want to see Tebow play in person. I heard a lot about him, wanted to see him, and there was some magic there. It really was. I mean, uh, people can knock him all they want. All I know was he got him in the playoffs, and they beat the defending AFC champion in the first round, being the Pittsburgh Steelers. On a Tim Tebow pass, 80 yards to Demarius Thomas on the first play of overtime. Right. But anyway, um, that's why I was there. Yeah, and I like Denver. You know, I like Denver. Always treated well there. And uh, I want to see Tebow, but I want to see if the Broncos could withstand this um, push by Chicago. If Chicago could withstand the push by Denver. And unfortunately, Marion Barber got in the middle and uh, won it for the wrong team. Ari, got final thoughts? Well, I was just thinking about Gil Brandt and what, a, what an unbelievable career, oh, Clark. Yeah. But what an incredible career. Um, right. You know, help. And we're lucky uh, to have him. Honestly, he's 90. We're lucky to get him today. You know, and he saw it all with the Cowboys. He saw it all. Um, You know, he he saw the rise and then and then Jerry Jones taking over and and the Landry firing. And you know how ugly that was. And then the Jimmy years. Uh, He's seen it all. And he's a walking encyclopedia. When you'd see him at the combine, he knew everything about everyone. If you listen to him here, he has recall of, of. Many of those instances, but um, I'm thinking of someone a little more contemporary, Ira, right now. Think of Russell Wilson, not because he's with Denver, no, because he's the commencement speaker at my alma mater. That would be Dartmouth College on June 12th. Yeah, he was the commencement speaker, and uh, I'd just like to say congratulations to Russell, because Russell's father went to Dartmouth. Uh, He passed away, unfortunately, way too early. I think it was in his 50s, and so did Russell's three uncles, one of whom, Ben Wilson, was a very good friend of mine. We ran together on the track team and he contacted me 
when Russell was drafted. And he said, you know, my, my nephew was drafted. Do you want to get in touch with him? I said, Russell Wilson? He said, yeah. And I said, no, 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 thanks, Ben. He's too short to play in the league. <laughs> That's why I've never been a personnel director. <laughs> wow. You know, my bad. Clark, one of these years, and, and it might take a letter from me, but I might send an email to, uh, to, to, to the president. But, uh, Clark, you, you might give a commencement speech speech one year at Dartmouth and, well, and I'm going to be there. They'd have to go way down the list to find that, to find me. <laughs> Clark Judge of the, oh, the eye test for two. Yeah. Hey, the other thing I want to do here, Ira, is give a shout out to our producer, Ian Glendon. He's not here today, right? He's in Las Vegas. He's in Las Vegas for the World Series of Poker. Well, you know what? Best of luck, because can you imagine, Ira, if he wins? There's something in it for you and me too, right? Oh, okay, maybe me. Extra. I don't know about you. Oh, a little extra in that envelope. You know what? <laughs> He's good enough to do it. He's got the right temperament. Clark, I wish him the best of luck. I wish him the best, too. Go get him, Ian, wherever you are. Anyway, that's going to do it. If you'd like to listen to this or any Eye Test for Two podcast, just go to fullpresscoverage.com, click on podcast, and go to the Eye Test for Two. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening, and go get him, Ian. <laughs>